Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. The following broadcast has been approved for Elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker, down the lane, drive, shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz was only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night! It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Welcome in, Hornets fans. You are, you are listening to Hive Talk Live on atthehive.com. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. We are live in the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson. And I'm David Walker. Doug, it's slime time. It's slime time. It's splat time. It's Nick Knight in Time Warner Cable Arena, 90s Nickelodeon night. But you were saying, David, that's not really your era. I've just realized it's, I guess, every man at one point in his life has that day when he realizes that, you know, he's too old. Well, I think he just realizes that the the people that would target you as a consumer are starting to spot. leaving you behind yeah, yeah you're not in the sweet spot anymore that's well, I tell fine you, uh, it's I, fine I, it's fine doug we it's got fine. A, we got a report from okay calm down we've got a report from uh, producer katie that the rugrats themed hornets gear that was in the fan shop beginning at 11 o'clock this morning was flying off the shelf that's awesome so I don't know if there's going to be any T-shirts or socks left with Chucky Finster on them. I know, I know, producer Katie did secure one, so she might want to eBay that mofo. Maybe. All right, coming up, Nada the Scribe, Nada Edwards from WFNZ six ten. The fan is here for for a little six ten at six ten, and it's Super Tuesday. Candidates crunching the numbers, doing the math, seeing if they can stay in the hunt for the presidency. We're going to be looking at the schedule, doing a little math of our own to see what the Charlotte Hornets need to do to secure home court in the first round of the playoffs. A reminder, everyone, check us out Sundays at 8.30 a.m. on Good Day Charlotte, Fox 46. If you're local, fox46charlotte.com for a live stream. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast application and get our new week daily Hive O'Clock Alarms uploaded to your phone in the mornings. We get you up to speed every weekday with what's going on with the Hornets and the NBA in 15 minutes or less, or your order is free. That's a guarantee. And with that, let's swarm Charlotte. For those that haven't listened to our Hive O'Clock Alarms, we should recap the Atlanta game, our weekly uh, recap, the Hornets lose a pretty miserable offensive performance for the Hornets they score 76 points in the loss David that's not their lowest output of the season though that would be 73 points at Utah on January 27th it was looking like it was going that way four points in that in that blistering first quarter it's just four right well, it, it was not it, it was four points for a, for long, a long time, time. and then yeah, nine yeah, yeah. points total Thank, okay. Jeremy Lin added five at the end 
Have you seen enough? <laughs> you start off with a sigh. Like, have you seen enough? Analysis. Uh, Kent Bazemore this year. He, he, as everyone on Twitter has said, he needs to baze a little less when it comes to playing the Hornets. Man, he his eyes get wide when uh, that teal and purple rolls rolls through town. So, not a good game. We we yeah we recapped it a little bit Monday morning. Um, just a disappointing way to end that road trip. But you know. Uh, three th- weird start, three thirty tip, uh, and guess ah, what? Blah blah blah. I, guess, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't buy into no, the no, weird no, no, tip. No, no. I think they they did not comment well, well. with enough energy offensively to deal with what Atlanta brought defensively, and um, they had a they had a great game plan defensively. Dave, I have to give it up to the Hawks because they really keyed in. They're good. They're still pretty good. Well, they're a good team. They're on a little bit of a skid, but they they got hungry eyes when they started thinking about Nick Batum and they decided to key in on him and really frustrated him. He only scored two points in 38 minutes of play and I went back and watched the first quarter where he was held to, uh, I believe, 0 of 3 from the field. And and they were, when Batum was on the same side of the court as Cody Zeller, they were just completely abandoning Zeller, letting him shoot if he wanted to and, and keying in on Batum. And then if he was on the same side as Marvin, they decided to switch so the, Atlanta had great ball pressure, they had great communication, and the Hornets just couldn't do anything to combat either of those things on Atlanta's side. First of all, congratulations to you for going back and watching that. Yeah, that was, was uh, that's dedication. I was, you don't uh, think that, I was like clockwork orange. I you, had my eyeballs peeled you, back. You don't think that eyelids. early tip had anything to do with it? I think more just the, the length of the road trip. More than the early, t- I just I don't know. I don't. It's they're they're, they're there's two teams. Of- there's two teams playing early tips. True, true. One's at home, one's on the road. I, I don't not blaming it on that uh, because they came back. They 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 cut it to two. But I mean, they're they're creatures of habit. So I think it plays a part in it. I'm not laying it all at the feet of the early tip. Okay, let's just we can move on from that. How I mean, how bad of a loss is that? In the in the grand scheme of things, I mean, again, it's Atlanta on the road. It's not a horrible loss, I don't think. They're still a good team, um, and the big picture, it's a it's a win you like to have. That was the tiebreaker, right? They, yeah, they you lose the tiebreaker, the tie-breaker so, to Atlanta. Not a good, not a good loss. But I can't say. I think that's disrespecting the Hawks a little too much to say that's a bad loss. Yeah, I in think, and of itself. Well, I think it's I think it's bad in the sense that. When you're when you're talking about the stakes, I think well, not it. even the stakes, but just when when you're talking about the expectations suddenly changing from, wait, can this team make the playoffs without MKG? Oh wait, look, it looks like they're going to make the playoffs. Oh my God, I just looked at the standings; they're sixth place all of a sudden. They're a couple games out of fourth place. They could possibly win a playoff series, but to do that, you have to maintain a consistency in your performances game to game. Certain guys are going to have drop-offs. You know, you're going to key in on certain guys. The other team's going to key in on certain guys. But the team as a whole has to play with some kind of consistency in terms of energy level. And we just we're – not, we're not there yet with the Hornets, I don't think. That was the first laps we'd seen on this road trip, I think. The first concerning laps, that first quarter. Yeah, I think it's something to definitely watch because, again, you're, you're – adding depth you're adding different elements to your offense and so there are going to be challenges with integrating those elements into the team 
So it makes it even more important that every time you get set to tip off, you have your best effort going out there. Definitely. They just got in too big of a hole, and then the margin for error was basically nothing, and they didn't play a perfect game the rest of the way. So that's what it came down to. Man, you're just you're just really like, it's just that, that's it. That's it. It's cut and dry. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what it came down to. They needed every you know, bounce together away down the stretch. They needed, um, to hit every free throw, yada, yada, yada. But it was just too big of a hole to, to not play the perfect game and then come out with the win. They almost, you know, they, they made it interesting. It would have been an epic comeback as our man, Eric Collins said several times. Yeah. And now you look ahead to not only the, the Phoenix game tonight, but Philadelphia as well. They, they play a back to back, so, but, but it's a traveling back to back. They have to play at home tonight and then immediately, head out to Philadelphia and who who almost beat the Wizards last night in Washington. I mean the you know I mean you know no that's not a, a that's team. not a monumental feat these days. It's still a road a near road win for uh the Sixers. So well and as we talked about in the high o'clock alarm this morning this this Phoenix game coming up uh, may or may not be a gimme. Because this is a Phoenix team that, no while gimmies. they've lost, you know, seven or eight games in a row, uh, they still have, you know, a renewed sense of of purpose with a new interim coach, and they got rid of Markeith Morris, who, you know, responded to becoming the number one option on offense by fighting or pushing or shoving a teammate speaking of watching the game he had a tremendous uh baseline violation last night i don't know if you saw it i did not throwing the ball into wall just just walked onto the floor <laughs> walked on the floor and then threw the pass in which is a violation is against the rules wait i have to consult the rule book walking onto the floor and then inbounding that's a violation it wasn't good it wasn't good there were, uh, that there were a lot of inbounding violations last night Inbounding seems like that would be a very simple thing to pull off. You stand out of bounds, step one. Right. This is like the the famous uh, stand-up comedian joke about making a Pop-Tart. Why does this need instructions? <laughs> you stand out of bounds, you throw the ball in. But we saw Rajon Rondo in Sacramento. Did you see this inbounds? No. He... <laughs> He got two violations because of delay of game violations that resulted in Kevin Durant uh, technical free throws because the ref threw the ball to him and he just didn't oh, yeah. pick yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like, no, this is not this is not one of those situations where you inbound it and then follow the ball. Like you have to inbound it first. <laughs> They're just ready to go. They're just ready to listen, get out there. Listen, we make fun of Hornets inbound plays a lot, but at least they give it a shot. <laughs> these two these two situations that we're talking about not even giving it a shot we're going to cover every inbounds play for you folks okay if you <laughs> every, missed it we're going to break it that's down that's what we that's what we're here for it's called in-depth analysis uh let's go to the phones and uh it's time for 610 at 610 and joining us nada edwards from wfnz 610 the fan nada welcome to the show my friend welcome back welcome fellas back. fellas fellas how y'all doing oh so how good so good hey listen before before we get into our, our segment, we have plenty of, of uh, great questions for you on the Charlotte Hornets. We have, we have to ask you about a little something on Twitter. All right? So okay. we, we went uh, on – we're doing these hits now on Fox 46 Charlotte, and, and you, mm-hmm. resp- you responded to one of them 
with uh, that you had so many jokes, but you couldn't say them. What kind of jokes do you have? Uh, do you do you really want me to go there? Uh, do you really want me to go there? I uh, absolutely do. I'm but, trying because to be I nice. thought y'all well, are friends of mine. Well, listen, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not going to. That's do what that. we thought. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Just because y'all think, wait, y'all think y'all can't catch these jokes because I'm your friend? No, it goes for everybody. If I don't make jokes, I really don't like you. There's a reason why there's certain people, like I haven't made jokes about Brett Jensen in a while because I don't like him. You got to understand, we are developing the thick skin. I mean, producer Katie had to talk us off the ledge for the rest of the weekend. We were just like, what is going on? What yeah. did we do, Doug? Well, I, spent- I was like, Doug, what did you do? I spent hours in front of the mirror just weeping and doing um, face relaxation techniques. That's all good, though. No, no, I'm just saying, guys. All I'm saying is, for mind you, mind you, David, you're clear. You're clear. <laughs> the jokes weren't about you. Doug, Me? With, 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 yes, with your penguin suit on and everything else like that. <laughs> wasn't a good look. Penguin suit? Oh, for the, the Oscar thing. I'm on board with this now. Yep. I get it. I get it. Well, I, at least I brought the. At least I repped the teal, sir. All right. Sir. All right. Uh, let's get to some Hornets uh, talk here. Uh, so we said in the in the open, Hornets, they have an opportunity at the at the fourth seed. It seems uh, inconceivable after both MKG injuries, but they're only several games out of that fourth seed and a chance at a, a home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. What are the biggest obstacles, as you see it, to making that happen? Biggest obstacle, just consistency, road consistency. I mean, they should have won on Sunday. They should have. In all likelihood, they should have won. And instead of winning, they decided to go do just the worst first quarter performance I've ever seen in my life. I am stunned by this, by the way. Absolutely stunned that this was that bad. And had they showed up, we'd be talking about 4-1 and one and probably the 5 seed. If not, probably a lot more. I would, we would have, we'd be feeling a lot better about this road trip. As long as they get the road consistency down because that Atlanta game was bad. Now, Cleveland, you didn't expect them to win. Indiana, I kind of expected that the dud to drop there. But from where they are, it's very impressive. Very, very impressive. And Chicago and Indiana both losing again. Uh, so the Hornets uh, sit in sixth seed, and they didn't even have to play a game. Uh, but I, I like what you mentioned there, the first quarter. And, and that was really, I, th- I thought, on the starters – who couldn't, you know, get that first or overcome that first defensive effort by the Atlanta Hawks? And you know, we've seen this team fluctuate game to game on on who's going to show up, the starters or or the bench. And I think that's where the consistency is because you saw the bench play pretty well against Atlanta. Both both Jeremy's played well. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, a great point. I want to move. I want to ask you about the waiver wires. Uh, we've been getting a couple of questions on Twitter about McCallum and Ty Lawson, a couple of these guys that are that some of them haven't cleared waivers yet, some of them have. Anyone you see on the waiver wire that you think the Hornets should give a closer look to? If anything, the bench scares me. The, pe- the bench is officially gone south. Officially gone south. And that's what scares me about this team now, is that the bench has gone south. We can't trust the bench. 
the starters will give you great minutes. Even against Cleveland, starters showed up, kept it within four. Then the bench came in. Jeremy and Fuego on defense for the offense. Offense is one of those guys. Uh, Jeremy Lamb misses guys consistently. Al Jefferson has now reverted to turnstile, and there's nobody that you can trust on that on that second unit to play D at all. That's what's troublesome. I wish I could say I had faith in this team and the second unit to get together, but I don't know what the options are. Yeah, and I don't I don't know, David. I, I don't know if there's anyone on the waiver wire or, or anyone sitting out there that makes any sense for the Hornets to add in terms of that. I know McCallum, somewhat uh, of an okay defensive point guard option. But yeah, I think defense is the big question mark with this with this second unit for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think Ty Lawson is the name a lot of people look at, but that for a lot of reasons is probably not the best idea for for either party. I think at this point, I don't know what you guys think on that one, but that that's a name that keeps popping up because he's a big name and he was pretty good recently, but has obviously had a rough stretch the last year and a half or so. Yeah, the situation. Yeah, locker room. Yeah, lock, yeah, locker, locker room, room issues and off off court issues, but I, I think really in in Houston when he when he finally did move to Houston, those issues, the off court issues, kind of went away, but the on court issues reared their head. Um, he was he was doing like rookie lows in uh, let's see assists, yeah, rookie lows and assist. He also set career lows in field goal percentage, points per game, and offensive rating per one hundred possessions. So. A lot of his struggles on the court, and I don't know if we talk about Rich Cho rolling the dice on all of these reclamation, career reclamation projects like Batum, Lynn, Hawes. I don't know if you can really test fate again and hope that you could bring a guy like Ty Lawson on and and he suddenly becomes, you know, a factor again. And I just don't know how he fits within the whole, you know, scheme of things because he's not a defensive specialist in terms of from the point guard position. Definitely not. That's what scares me about this is that there's no answer. Personally, I would love to see Chris Humphreys brought in, Mm. but unfortunately he went to Atlanta. I think the problem is that the bigs, and I never thought I'd miss Spencer Hawes this much until he got hurt and Al had to get all those minutes. Like, this team doesn't miss Al Jefferson anymore. Think about how crazy that is. Think about how crazy it would have been 12 months ago to say this team doesn't miss Al Jefferson anymore. Think about that. Yeah, it's crazy. I wanted to ask you about Al because I think, and if I'm wrong on this, I apologize. I think Brendan Haywood uh, was on 610 yesterday afternoon and he mentioned Al. They brought him up and he uh, mentioned how Al could be important for the Hornets, especially once they get into the playoffs when things slow down a little bit. And it's important to have a big guy, you know, that you can throw it down in there too. I mean, do you see him having a little, I don't know, mini comeback in the playoffs? Or No. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you Not a chance. That. Not a chance. He, he's done. He's done. He's overcooked steak. Wow. Wow. He's overcooked steak at this point. Yeah, I, I wish I could say I have faith in him. I don't. I don't. So do you see, excuse me, do you see Hawes as a, a possibility to take over that those minutes? Yeah, it, it, Hawes is going to be the one that gets the minutes. Interesting stuff there from Nana. I want to turn back to the bench and back to Jeremy Lin. There was a little controversy today surrounding the Oscars. Didn't think that would make a show, did you, David? Huh? Hornets guard Jeremy Lin joined others in taking offense to a joke by the host of the Oscars, Chris Rock, during the show when he introduced three small children of Asian descent as the Oscars accounting firm 
Lynn saying on Twitter, seriously though, when is this going to change? Tired of it being cool and okay to bash Asians. Shaking my head, hashtag Oscars today at practice. He tried to tamp down the controversy a bit, but still hit home on his uh, central point. I mean, I have no issues with him. I think he's a funny guy. To be honest, I'm sure there's a lot more than just him writing it. I'm, I'm sure there's other other parties involved. You know, I thought there's just a uh, chance for me to at least stand up for Asians and say, look, you look at a lot of, uh, I mean, especially in acting or in that industry or whatever, you look at how Asian, like Asian roles or whatever it might be, um, they always seem to be a similar role or... Um, carrying a similar type of stereotype, and I feel like we're just so much more broad than that. The Hornets guard speaking out. Nada, what do you think about this controversy? I don't blame him. I don't. I really don't. And while, whilst, like, of all the things Chris Rock did um, Sunday night, that was the least, that was the most distasteful one. Like, I, I understand. I completely understand. Completely get it. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately... Yeah. Like I said, I, I wish they weren't caught in the crossfire on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jeremy Lin did say that, you know, he thought that Chris Rock was you know, a funny guy. He did a, he did a great job, and, and he, he he complimented the monologue. I, and he wasn't the only one that, that took offense to, to that particular joke. And Chris Rock is somebody, I mean, even in that monologue, he made fun of Jada Pinkett Smith for boycotting, the idea of boycotting the Oscars. So he's always been one to... Uh, bring up an issue, but not be afraid to also uh, uh, join in on on that issue as well. You know, I think he's he's always been one to to not stay on one line uh, in terms of, um, and he's never been one to shy away from a joke. Uh, so it's 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 definitely interesting. I, I just I think it's interesting that we have somebody in in Charlotte, a place for the Hornets, that would take a stand on this issue because not every player would do that. Not everyone would step into that into that controversy. Yeah, that I I really wish that unfortunately I, I just seriously, I wish that Chris Rock didn't do that and I understand where he didn't do that was the one joke like I said earlier, the what's the one joke and I understand that he again there are more there's a more diverse array of just Asian Americans in general. And again, I'm, again, one of my best friends is South Korean, so I like I completely get it. He shared he's like one of the biggest basketball holics. In fact, he gave me a shirt saying Kobe Bryant is worse than Michael Jordan all time. A factual T-shirt that at some point I'm gonna bring around the studio at some point. Hashtag facts. But um, oh, oh yeah, facts only. Hashtag facts only. <laughs> definitely. But um. It was just really, I felt, I completely understood where Jeremy Lin came from, and I, I, oof, that's a tough one. It's a, that's a tough one, it, and I understand. Yeah, it's definitely a it, tough it one. Just, it's, well, you know, and, and it's it's one of these situations, again, I think you got to respect Jeremy Lin for, for coming out and, and taking a stand because yeah. he has personally experienced some of these stereotypes, and so he's speaking from a place of personal experience, so you have to respect a, a guy when they can when they have the the courage to speak out like that. Uh, Nada, before we get you out of here, I know you're busy. It's game night. Um, uh, when are we getting another Nada podcast? That's what I want to know. As soon as I get a little time to breathe, I haven't had any time to breathe since 
literally the Super Bowl ended, or basically since the year start, since the, the beginning of the new year. At some point, it's coming back. I can promise you that uh, it's going to be bigger, better, new intro. I am literally tweaking this to make sure that it's right. I may relaunch it as something else. There will be there will be a not a podcast in 2016. I can promise you that. Will much. it stream on Title? <laughs> no. No, no. Title is having money issues, and unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I am not willing to um, trust Title with my career. So and I'm going to avoid Title. Thank you very much. Not of that. Oh, like Cam Newton nonsense wore you out, didn't it? What you think? <laughs> well, it wore listen, me out. <laughs> when the, when the podcast comes back, I promise we will hold our jokes as well. Oh, you know what? That's fine, bro. <laughs> Do you really want to go back and forth with me on jokes, Doug? You know how good I am. Listen, I just want your I just want your love, your affection, and your great Hornets information. Uh, Nada, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow Nada on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy the game tonight. No problem. No problem. I hope to see y'all tonight. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, all right, buddy. all right. Good stuff. Hey. Nada back in the fold. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, me and Nada, we always been good. I'm sorry you guys had to, you know, go through that we little have, little bump um, in the road. But we have beef. <laughs> no more. He called it a penguin suit. I've never seen a penguin wear, wear teal. I've you never seen a penguin it. represent fashion like I do. I tell you what, when you are, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, icon is the right word, Doug. But when you are, I th- actually, I think that's the right word. Yeah, when you are out on the forefront, uh, you take risks, and so guys like Cam, guys like you, I mean, I respect that. I wore two different color socks. I was, I was definitely channeling Cam Newton a little bit. I think it you couldn't out. see, you couldn't see my foxtail, but I was wearing it. I was just sitting <laughs> on it. All right, let's talk about the the schedule coming up. Yeah, in March. Seven game homestand in it's a, March. It's a juicy one. Sixteen games total. Ten home games. Ten games against sub five hundred competition. What do you think about this schedule in March? Is it a is it a schedule that's that's uh, favorable to the Hornets? Well, here's what I think. Right now, the Hornets stand at thirty and twenty eight. They've got. 24 games left okay and of like you said there's so many in march that are at home i mean they've only got what do we see here uh through the first three weeks there's only two away games right correct yeah they By have that big count. from march 4th until march 16th they have a seven game homestand yeah so just real quick i, I went through these uh, i went through at the end of the season and just tried to total up the wins not to toot my own horn, but it was the exact same total that basketballreference.com simulated out for the Hornets to have. And that number, the record I came up with, and the computer. So I'm basically a human computer. Mm, computer. <laughs> 14 and 10, Doug. What do you think about that? I think it's, I mean, I think they can't afford to go much lower than i mean they, they've got to at least be 500 i think to feel good about well, actually i think they got to be a little above 500 because they need to be around that 43 43-ish mark to feel good what would 14 and 10 that would put them at 44, 44 wins 44. all right uh 538 has them actually 538 is projecting them at 45 wins to go 45 and 37 they have them as the fifth Locked into the fifth seed in the East. This is all predictive. You know, they they run these predictive. Mm-hmm. They call it ELO, uh, and then uh, they're right under the Heat 
with a 90% chance of making the playoffs. Less than 1% chance for top seed, less than 1% chance to win the title. But that's not what we're talking. We're talking about can they win, you know, a first round playoff berth. I I really th- I don't think they need to be in the 4th seed. Like I don't think they need to have home court. It certainly would help to win a playoff series. Yeah. But they I need think to be not in the 8th seed. They need to avoid the Celtics. I really think I think I just don't Hasn't think they been can, a good matchup. I just don't think they can beat the Celtics. So if they can get 5th with the Heat in 4th, I think you can go to Miami and win a game or two and take that series. I just think with with the injuries, we don't. I don't. I don't know if we have a, a definite situation with Chris Bosh yet. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But I, I think even and hopefully he he makes a comeback. But if I think even with Chris Bosh, I think this team matches up well with the Miami Heat. I think they could win that series. I I just want to like go through March and. Ooh. So, all right, yeah. So that I mean, okay, yeah. Let's do that first. I just, I just want to go through each of these games. So, Phoenix, mm-hmm. that's tonight. I think that's a win. Philadelphia, yeah, yeah, it's a win. You have to put that. Yeah. Indiana, they've played well against Indiana all season. That's a win. At home. Minnesota. At home. Win. At home. Win. New Orleans. Let me. Let's talk about New Orleans for a second. I think if you're, if you are, if you thought about the situation where Anthony Davis goes to the Pelicans as opposed to the then Bobcats. Yep. Sad show face. If somebody were to go back in time and and try to change that situation so that Anthony Davis went to the Bobcats slash Hornets instead, you would probably, I think a year ago, you probably would have assumed if that were to happen, if somebody were to time travel and, and, and prevent Anthony Davis from going to the Pelicans and instead going to the Bobcats, you would assume that that time traveler would have been a Hornets fan. Mm-hmm. But now I think after this season, I think <laughs> that time traveler is Anthony Davis. <laughs> I think. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were going to the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I, I just think I, I feel, I feel bad for the guy. I think that, you know, it goes to show you that it takes more than transcendent talent, which I think Anthony Davis is. Yeah. It, it, it takes more than that to win. Well, yeah. It takes an organization that can put enough pieces around that transcendent talent structure culture and a plan and, and being able to execute that plan so being able to put people around them and we've talked about this you're right um if you were to go back and say the pelicans they'll, they'll be you know they'll be up in the upper portion of the western conference for years to come and they still may i mean look it, it's he's he's young he's not going anywhere but they wouldn't be in the playoffs in the east right now they're not going to be in the playoffs in the west and so you go back at that time, and there was no, there was no lower point for the Bobcats than that moment right there. I mean, that was the worst it got, and they've slowly built back up over that time. So yeah, you're right. You need to get that star. That's a key, but you can't just bank on that. I mean, you have to have a plan. They've tried to do a few things, but it hasn't worked. And and this year they were killed by injuries for a lot, and they let go of their coach, but. You know, um, it hasn't Hornets, worked. I mean, the Hornets have been hurt by True. injuries as well. True. Not like, you're right, not like the Pelican, not the... But I don't know that in that terms team... Of injuries to key players. So they weren't going to be higher than, what, seven or eight fully healthy anyway? Well, the roster construction is, there doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason. Yeah. And, you know, guys have, have, have walked in and out of that organization and, and coaches and general managers it's just it's a tough situation and i I just you know they've still got anthony davis so you know they can 
they can hang their hat on that, which they should. But um, it's just odd to look back at that now and see it and say, hey, you got to do more than land the superstar. You got to have a plan and you got to have a culture in place. They say it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. I wonder if it's better to have gotten a superstar. We have to ask a New Orleans fan. Is it better to have received a superstar and not do anything with it than to never have received said superstar at all, like the Hornets. That tra- And when I say superstar, I mean that transcendent talent. Yeah, because that's what he is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one. Uh, what do you, you think? You have to like their chances. I think you always want to have the superstar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty pretty sure. You're like Van, Gundy. You're like Van Gundy and, and Mark Jackson. Give yeah, I'll me, take the better free throw shooter. Uh, I'll take the free throw shooter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so ridiculous. I tell you, Mark Jackson... And Byron Scott. I mean, the two of the biggest unintentional comedians in the National Basketball Association, or at least around it. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. All right, let's go back through this schedule. So Detroit, that could be a tough game. Now, the first loss I've got in that uh, in that slate of games is the next night when the Houston Rockets come to town. It's, a, it's on the second night of a back-to-back Um and they've got you know they've got Harden they've got Howard, um, so I just notched that one down for a loss. They got to lose at some point. You got to look at Dallas and go if it's sort of again. I think this is a lot like looking at the presidency. It's like if Marco Rubio is going to make his stand, he's got to win Florida. If Al Jefferson is going to make his case to be a factor on this team, it has to happen against Dallas, a team mm. that he absolutely destroyed earlier on this season. Yep. Like if Al Jefferson can't perform well against Dallas, a team that struggles to to defend guys like him, then you've got to be really concerned about not his long-term prospects with the team, but his short-term prospects with the team. And then here's here's where the linchpin is, I think, in the schedule. Wednesday, March 16th versus Orlando at home, and then Thursday against Miami. Why do I start with Orlando? Because, okay, if if you're looking at tiebreakers – uh, and, and you look at Miami, uh, they'll have an opportunity later in the year, or excuse me, no, that's it. That's their last yeah. game. So they, they've got to win that game, okay? They have to win against Miami to get that tiebreaker. But the next tie, that would just tie it 2-2 for the head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Then it goes to division wins. So the Hornets right now stand at 5-7 and seven against the division. They're two games under... 500 against the division while Miami has a winning record against the Southeast division. So I really feel like the Hornets have to win out against the division. That would be Orlando, Miami. And then in April, they play Orlando and Washington, Orlando and Washington. Those are all winnable games. And I feel like you have to sweep that. Like just take away everything else that happens in March and April I think the Hornets have to win all of their divisional games because that would put them two games up 500. They they get the one on Miami. I don't know how many Miami has remaining in terms of the division, but I just feel like if you're going to get a tiebreaker against Miami, you have to be at least one game. Maybe they can lose one. Maybe they can right. lose one of those games to Orlando. And Orlando has already beaten them this season. That's a t- That's kind of a tough matchup for them because they have Vucevic who can score all over the floor. And they, they struggle with those with size. No more Tobias Harris, but 
I don't I don't know if he was a, an, an extremely tough matchup for the Hornets. I think Vucevic no. was the was the big deal. So I just point to I point to that the, that those two games and it's a back to back too. That's what makes it even mm-hmm. tougher. It's a back. Well, they got to get that Orlando one. It's at home. And that's well, look, if the, they lose to Miami, that's it. That's a, the tiebreaker is over. And then you now you're talking about the Hornets not having the tiebreaker against both Orlando and Atlanta. That's going to make things tough in terms of playoff seeding. Seeding, right, right, right. Because if if that happens, and, and then you slate Boston at three, and you slate Miami and Atlanta at the four and five, where does that leave the Hornets if they can if they can stay above Indiana, who they have the tiebreaker against, and the Chicago Bulls, who I believe they yeah they certainly have the tiebreaker against. Yep, that would leave them at sixth playing the Boston Celtics. I just I just feel really strongly that that's a five game series. That's a tough matchup, but again, I think if you avoid the Cavs, staying out of the eighth spot is is job one, and then you want to avoid maybe the Celtics. But the strength of schedule is something too to look at here. It's it, you know it, it's a pretty good slate. I mean, they have the Heat, they have the Spurs, and the Cavs and the Raptors. You know, and everyone else is kind of in that same running with your Celtics, your Magic, your Wizards. Not the Celtics are better than that, but well, Cavs and Cavs April third. That's in Cleveland. That's yep. rest opportunity, I think, for them for Cleveland. Right, yeah. right, right. So I'm saying that's that's a possible you know a winning game. And they play the 76ers back to back. I mean, not back to back, but twice in a row. I'm going to try to travel to philadelphia maybe on march 29th and Whoa. see that game tickets in the lower level as low as ten dollars wow yeah you, that, can, <laughs> you can you can sit i kid you not david you can sit courtside for a cool hundo really one hundred dollars you can sit courtside snapchat in me philadelphia from there. snapchat me when you get I there can't. i can't i can't get into the snapchat it's like the one I'm barely hanging on on Instagram, but I just Snapchat. I think, you know, there's a divide. I think as a, I grew up as a creator, and I always valued the things that I created being stored somewhere. And I know you can save Snapchats now, but I guess I just ne- I can't get past the sort of fi- uh, philosophical underpinnings of Snapchat, which is I'm going to creatively create something and then it floats away into midair. Right. I mean, I think there's a, certainly a time and place for those pictures, but um, <laughs> I'm not really down with Snapchat either, so it's cool. But at the Hive has a Snapchat, so oh, check them out. And, oh, do that. And yeah, and I think that Snapchat will be active tonight at Time Warner Cable Arena. I will not be manning it, but someone so, will be. So, Doug, yeah. 14 and 10, I, I like that. 14 and 10, I think they're fine. I don't think they can afford to go much closer to uh, to 500 here to, to to round out the season. What do you think? No, I think 500 will miss the playoffs. So, know, And if you look at these predictions from 538, they have the Wizards missing the playoffs at 41 and 41. So there's not – I mean, Actually, there's not a lot of room for error. They have the Bulls missing the playoffs at 42 and 40. You know, there's not a lot of. I mean, they've still got a 
they still got to go to the end. I mean, there's not a lot of room to let up. No, you got to no, and that's that's why I think it's interesting to look at that Atlanta game because you you are just and you look at a team like Golden State that managed to bring that level of intensity and energy every single night, and and you just you 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 notice the separation between elite basketball and what I, you know 80% of the rest of the league is playing yeah and i think it's it's certainly talent but it's also you know a, a level of energy and a level of if you punch us we're going to punch back and you just never saw that punch back from the hornets and i think that's a concern when you get into the playoffs in a regular season game, there are going to be opportunities in the third quarter to make runs. But I just don't know. If you can't make that early punch back, that's where you get swept 4-0. Well, that's what I want to see tonight because they're back home. They've had a couple of days off. Rebound from that game. I'm still hanging a little bit on that 330 start. So, you know, I've been concerned about this. I and mean, we've been concerned about this for the whole season, these, these, um, these slow starts. I thought they kind of got away from them. And they did have a good road trip. So I'm hoping that healthy, you know, uh, the group back together, that that was just an anomaly and they got out of their routine. So we want to look for a quick start tonight because that that is an issue and it has been an issue. The good news is they did fight back eventually. Um, They just thought the game started at 4 o'clock instead of 3.30. So um, this is a good opportunity. This is a golden opportunity these games at home and you throw in a Sixers game on the road tomorrow night uh, they've got to come out of this stretch first two weeks of March winning what 80 90 percent of these that you would hope yeah uh, again the opportunities are there and certainly if they don't with that easy strength of schedule it, and it, question marks are going to start to pop up yeah. I want to go to Twitter Grant tweeting us uh we we tweeted did you watch the Charlotte at Atlanta game on Sunday, what was our biggest misstep? And Grant says, shooting, rebounding, play under the rim, and the one that isn't a valid excuse, free throws. They're free for a reason. Uh, Dartboard Trader tweeting us, uh, man, Lynn as a reclamation project, if you mean because of his awful circumstances, sure, which is a stretch for reclamation. I mean, look, he's there's a reason he signed a two million dollar deal with a player option it was a it's it was a prove yourself deal it was a show yourself off to the rest of the league kind of deal and you know he took yeah. he, he took less money to be in a better situation but i don't think the money was significantly higher in these other situations and i think he went to the best possible situation for him because he wanted to you know put the the basically push the reset button yeah i don't think you're taking shots at, at no it's just circumstance it just it was what it was yeah no, absolutely uh okay any other tweets here oh yes uh, i like this tweet i think let's see but respect to dartboard trader he's a he's a good he's a good tweeter out there absolutely and uh, uh we tweeted so you think this upcoming march schedule is favorable for the hornets yeah. And uh, Yash says, I think seven and three at home, four and two on the road should be the target in March with a forty-one and thirty-three record. So that's pretty online with what you said. Only a couple minutes left here on the show. Time for one last thing, and we're calling this segment "Too Long Didn't Watch." TLDW. Uh, Courtney Lee, the latest profile on Inside the Hive on Hornets.com. Don't worry, we watched it. In it, he reveals his initial surprise upon being traded, which I. 
I think everyone is, if they're not surprised, they at least feign surprise that they're traded. Uh, his transition into the Hornet system and, and how it was aided, I thought this was very interesting. It was aided by his familiarity, familiarity with Orlando's system when he played in Orlando his rookie year, and Clifford was an assistant on that team under Stan Van Gundy. That was the Orlando team with Dwight Howard that went to the finals, lost to the Lakers. So his familiarity with that system and how Clifford has brought some of that system to Charlotte made things easier for him to jump right in. Because if you'll remember, David, he had the physical, mm-hmm. didn't get a chance to practice, had to sit a game, but then he was thrown right into the to the mix, and it was during a road stretch, so there wasn't a ton of time to get back for practice. Thought that was interesting. And he's still, I think, we haven't seen the full potential of what Courtney Lee can bring. He's struggling to no. finish at the rim right now. I think you hope that improves. We saw a couple of his slices and dices go begging against the Atlanta Hawks. And, you know, even more than the shooting, I think you hope that that uh, he can be a threat going towards the rim. Also on Hornets.com, Aaron Gladwell wished Ja Rule a happy leap year 10th birthday. Wow. So I thought, oh, Ja Rule was born on February 29th, 10. Holy hell, Ja Rule is 40 years old. (laughs) Yeah. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel um, just like when I'm not exactly in line with Rugrats night. <laughs> so similar scenarios. That's a great. That's a great way to end things. I like that. Uh, that'll do it for us Hornets fans. Thanks so much to our guest uh, Nada Edwards from WFNZ six ten the fan. You can follow him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hive Talk Live for live game updates and more. For David and producer Katie, I'm Doug saying stay bought in, stay believing. All hail the teal and purple. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.